the James Suckling Podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. Well, great to see you and, uh, you know, congratulations on um, taking over the family business, particularly these amazing wineries like Harlan Bond and Promontory and also uh, Mascot. And so obviously the question is, you know, I think a lot of people are interested to know, you know, what are your plans? Is it just more of the same or do you have some, some pretty, you know, some different ideas going forward? Well, you know, it, it's um, the, the really important thing for us is continuity. And it helps a lot that, you know, the, the vision that my dad set out for, you know, Harlan Estate, for Bond, I, 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 we're, we're really, really aligned on where we want to go. Um, with Promontory, I've gotten to have a bit more of a hand in creating that mm-hmm. vision, um, being with that from, you know, from the beginning. And so... In, in many ways, I see that as uh, my creative outlet in terms of potentially shaping a, a, a bit of a different path. But no, I think, you know, with, with Harlan State and Bond, I still see so much potential for um, deepening, you know, our understanding of the land and uh, elevating our, our, our uh, you know, abilities to connect with people around the world and, and give them, you know, some better insight into what we're up to. So you know, nothing that we do is, uh, we hope ever the same. We hope to continue to evolve, but, uh, continuity is really the important thing. So I'm not trying to come in and and all of a sudden change the the vision here and there or impose my own kind of, uh, will upon the thing. Um, it's really to, to take what we've got right now and just bring them to the, to the next level and the next level after that. And as far as like wine styles and production and maintaining, I mean, I think you've changed the style a little bit. The wines are much more transparent and talk more of, of where they come from. Um, is there, is, is it just a continuation of that? Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at production, that's uh, Corey emptying our director of wine growing uh, world that I like to dabble in now and again, but no, I mean, everything that he and his team has done um, is, is really incredible. Just seeing the evolution over the years, you know, for us, again, it's always about evolution rather than revolution. And, um, you know, what you what you spoke about, what you touched on um, with this kind of each year we're getting, I think, closer to this transparency and this pure translation of place into the wine uh, this is something that that we we uh, we fully plan to continue the trajectory on. I think uh, we have two main things that are that are contributing to this. First of all, our experience with the land. You know, we've we've gotten to spend a lot more time with with the land, and we just know it better for having spent that time. It takes a long time to understand a piece of land, but also we're seeing you know what vine age can really bring to the table in better. I think uh, expressing a place. That's important. And what um, I read something that that you're going to build build a winery for mascot. So far, we don't have any plans to build a, a winery for, for the mascot. You know, the way that the mascot is is really created is at the blending table. So the the mm-hmm. component parts that come from the young 
vineyards uh, of each property that's all vinified kind of at their respective properties and then they're brought up they're aged you know at their wineries and then at the blending table you know we work collaboratively to weave together these components that become the final blend of the mascot so it doesn't really have or or need its own winery that isn't to say that maybe someday but for now uh no no, no plans for a mascot winery well, you're young, so you have plenty of time to work it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the other, I guess one thing would be interesting to also, how about the uh, business model, like direct to consumer um, is uh, that's, that's going to continue, but do you have plans, you know, you have global demand now, which is fantastic. A, a lot of wineries in California don't have that other than places like Opus or whatever. What do you, do you, have any ideas about that you know the balance that we've created between the direct consumer and the trade channels we think is is really healthy each each property has a slightly different balance um and even maybe a slightly different uh focus in terms of region you know, bond tends to be more domestically focused harlan estate we've always seen as the international you know sharp end of the spear so each one has its own model and its own we, we run them as completely independent entities but at the same time you know we can at the ownership level learn from one and you know that helps us be very strategic um in how we uh, really look after each one of the the distribution models so i don't see any big changes happening there but uh, you know there's there's always ways to evolve and improve the the network that we have and what, like, I guess, well, we never really talk about it, but Meadowood and and all that, you're going to be in charge of that as well. So that's a big job after the fire. So, and... <laughs> that's actually a little, that's not quite within my purview yet. You know, we, we oh, okay. carve off what we consider, you know, the, the wine growing domain, which includes Harlan Estate Bond, Promontory, and, and um, the mascot, I guess, as the little brother. And then mm -hmm. we have uh, the Meadowood and, and Napa Valley Reserve. Those are you know, essentially linked, and they're they're a, um, a close cousin. But uh, I'm I'm staying focused as much as I can uh, on on the wine side of things uh, for the time. Okay. Being. All right. And so I guess what do you think about you know the next ten years or the future of, of Napa? Because there's I you know. Um, I haven't been back in a year, but you know, I have a house there and, um, and I think things are evolving. And you know, what are your thoughts about it with tourism? And you know, as we come out of the pandemic, what, what, what are your ideas? Well, I think the pandemic is certainly building up a lot of uh, pent up demand for travel, but also experiences and, and, uh, and wine. We're already seeing an incredible influx of interest in the Napa Valley even as things are just starting to ease. And I think this, the, the whole pandemic's created a bit of an existentialist uh, and, you know, you know, scenario where people really um, appreciate being out a, a little bit more. And I don't want to say that we're going to go back to the roaring twenties, but you know, that is something that you're hearing people say here and there. I don't know the next 10 years. I feel, I feel really good about in Napa. I think, you know, as a trend, as a region, as a whole, um, we're we're kind of 
we're maturing in many ways. And I think people are really, really, I mean, the, the wines that are being produced here are just, you know, across the board at a, at a different level than they were uh, 15, 20 years ago. And I think that trend is going to, to inc in, improve as well. So, and, or continue. So, you know, I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm very bullish on, on Napa Valley. Yeah, and I have to, that's a very good point about how the styles of the wines have changed and the quality is much better. I've even seen that in the last 10 years since I'm starting jameshuckling.com. And the wines is a real drink, much more of a drinkability and less stylized wines. And and we Napa has such amazing uh, different terroirs, which of course, Bon was one of the leaders on that with terroir specific bottlings. So I think that's, yeah, like you say, that's really cool. What, one question that I just thought also though, but you know, what are some of the challenges with climate change and, and fires? Like, what do you, how do you feel about that? Well, you know, climate change is, is something that we're all, we're all watching very, very closely. Um, and on the, just the farming side, you know, we've been over the past decade or, or more already been trying to move almost the entirety of our production to, to dry farmed, um, really training the, the vines wow. to, to survive in these low moisture environments. And um, it's changed how we, how we plant the replant vineyards. It's changed how it changed how we, we prune and train the vines. It's changed the vine density. I mean, it, it's really um, something that we're watching very closely. Um, we're fortunate in a certain respect you know, you look at where Harlan Estate and, and Promontory are, you know, in the, in the Western Hills with Eastern exposure, we have the morning sun, but not the afternoon. On the Western side of the valley, we're surrounded by forests. So you have this cooling evaporative effect by the surrounding forests. Um, and we're, you know, we're up off the valley floor. So again, a little more air movement, a little cooler environment. So I think we're pretty well set up from just the property that we have um, to deal with, you know, any oncoming change in climate. But, you know, what you said about the fires is definitely, that's a real, that's a real, uh, real concern. And we've, you know, we've been uh, working really with the surrounding forest that we have um, for, you know, a little over the past decade as well in just, trying to manage the forest as well as we can to provide a healthy, you know, co-environment for the vines. And then once the fires hit in 17, we realized we needed to really focus even more attention on it. We've actually got full-time crews whose, whose role is just to look after the forest and clearing out the understory and the dead, mm. um, the dead wood, you know, limbing up the trees, uh, clearing out the ladder fuels. So it's something that we're, we're prepared for being a part of our future. And we're just trying to, uh, to really just be in a, a really good position, no matter what comes, comes down the pipe. So, um, yeah, something, something we're thinking about. Is there anything else that, uh, that you like wanted to comment on or, or say about, uh, I mean, the main thing for me is just that I, I feel incredibly grateful for the opportunity to, to lead the family businesses going forward. Um, you know, generational transitions, I don't think are, are, are very easy. Um, and, you know, going from the founding generation to the, the, 
the second generation is where you know almost everybody fails. So um, it's been we've all been working you know really hard over the past um, handful of years and beyond. I mean, if you look at just how I think my dad was planting those seeds when I was very very young, but um, I, I will say that you know as challenging as it can be, you know, family businesses have a whole other level of uh, I think uh, certain complexity, but. Uh, it, it is incredibly rewarding, and I'm I'm, I'm very grateful and, and honored to have the opportunity to take this forward. And um, yeah, I'm 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 very excited for the future. <laughs>